0: Hey, everyone, this is Joe Turner, host of City Manager Unfiltered, and I'm recording this special message after the podcast episode you're about to listen to between myself and Micah Gaudet. In this episode, we talk about how you, the public sector professional, can level up and leverage ChatGPT today to add value in the workplace and put your career trajectory on a rocket ship. Towards the end of this interview, I challenged him to create a comprehensive multi-week course that would take a deep dive in a chat GPT and artificial intelligence that would be specifically aimed at public sector professionals like you. Uh, There's nothing like this in the marketplace. And we believe audience is comprised of ambitious public sector executives that are looking to get ahead. And what better way to do that To have access to a comprehensive course that's going to give you a deep dive, a deep look into ChatGPT and show you how to use it in the workplace today for actual public sector tasks and projects and uses. So I've asked him to put this together, but first we're looking to see what kind of interest there is out there. So in the show notes, there is a link to a form where you can sign up and express your interest in having access to a chat GPT course that's specifically designed for public sector professionals. So please look in the show notes for that. You can also look on my profile page on LinkedIn, and you can also look at Micah Gaudet's profile page on LinkedIn for this link to the sign-up form. Uh, if there is enough interest, then I think Micah will be able to put together this course, and I think you guys are going to really love it because he's he does nothing but quality work And I think you're going to really get a kick out of it. All right. So here's the episode. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your support. And uh, till next time. Alright, alright, alright. My name is Joe Turner and I'm the host of City Manager Unfiltered, a podcast by a city manager for city managers and other public sector executives. And I'm coming at you from Wichita, Kansas, where they actually serve cinnamon rolls with their chili. I don't know if anyone knew that. It was new to me. I literally thought they were hazing me, but it's legit. They serve cinnamon rolls with their chili out here and they love it. I'm really excited about my guest today. His name is Micah Gaudet. He's been an early follower of mine on LinkedIn and and we've developed a friendship and I just can't say enough good things about him. He's a quality person, just a lot of thoughtful comments on LinkedIn. And I've really enjoyed getting to know him. He's just an all around solid guy. And he's one of those guys where, you know, you just want to hang around with, you want to be in the same bus. And uh, we've talked about doing some projects and what have you. And I'm just really excited about uh, how that friendship's developing and where it's going. And I'm really excited to have him on the podcast. Hey, Micah, are you uh, a member of the ICMA?
1: I am not, and I also don't eat cinnamon rolls with my chili either. So that's a, a no go on both ends. <laughs> right.
0: Well, the reason why I bring that up is just because I, I I I was listening to a podcast recently. I've been going through and you know obviously studying some podcasts and trying to do some research and just sort of bone up on my skills. And you know I came across this uh, podcast where they're talking about essentially the only good city managers are members of ICMA, or as if ICMA had cornered the market on elite, talented, ethical managers. And, and I, I just, I took offense to that. And it's something I really want to talk about at a later date, because I consider you to be extremely ethical and an elite individual, very talented. And I consider myself to be similarly talented and ethical. And so I took a, a great offense at that. Yeah. It's just something I'm really going to want to dig into at a later date, because I think there's a lot of quality individuals who are in the city management profession, who are public sector executives, who are not part of the ICMA. And um, it just rubbed me the wrong way on that one. So, but yeah. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, Joe. I think it's 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 one of those things that it's important to have a set of ethics, and it's important to have a set of a guiding set of principles to go by. My only counter is that that my set of ethics is about six thousand years old, and theirs is less than a hundred years old. And so, I think I'll stick with the one that's a little older little more time tested.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so let's get to this you know, introduce uh, this episode here. You're one of my first guests on the show, Micah, and I really want to just do nothing but bangers, you know, I'm not interested Mm -hmm. in having any fluffy content. I want to respect the fact that the majority of my listening audience are public sector executives are busy individuals. They have limited time. And my goal is to create content that is extremely useful, valuable, and doesn't waste anybody's time. You know, I want nothing but bangers. When we started sitting down talking about doing an episode on chat GPT, it's easy to get off into the theory and the theoretical and what we can do and what's the potential. But I want to, I really want to drill down and give actionable items, real world application of this technology that individuals can actually go and do today to level up and produce value within their organization and to be a benefit to the taxpayers who are ultimately paying our salaries. That's going to be the focus of this or of this, uh, Of this uh, podcast Mm -hmm. is providing our listeners with real actionable steps to get on to ChatGPT, learn it, so forth and so on, and also what they can do with it in the real world today, right now. Okay.
1: Yeah, that sounds great, Joe. I think that speaks really to your content as a whole. You know, when I first came into your LinkedIn page, it was really driven because you were saying things that every, you know, that a lot of folks weren't comfortable saying, right? You were speaking truth to power to use that catchphrase, but you were speaking in a way that really fought for city managers in a way that has never, in my experience, has never been done before. And so I think your podcast is an extension of that. An extension of just the unfiltered real life, here's what we need as city managers. And Chat GPT is is primed for that. And instead of focusing on the theories of people who think they know what they're talking about and end up, you're just kind of babbling on for an hour or so. I love the idea of getting into the weeds and talking about, here's some real life applications that every single listener can go home after they're done listening to this podcast, after they give it that five-star review, like, and subscribe, folks. After that's all done, they can go ahead and log into ChatGPT and get started and make a positive impact in their community. I think now
0: would be a good time for us to do a little brief introduction, Micah, uh, kind of tell the uh, audience what you're all about and, and where you've been and, and just where you're at now and just give a quick little background. We can jump into some more content here.
1: Yeah, Joe. So I, I'm i kind of new to this. I say new, relatively new to the city management world. I, I grew up and did a lot of stuff with the intelligence focus. Uh, I came out here to Arizona about five years ago and was working as the director of crime strategies for the the fourth largest prosecuting office in the entire country, Maricopa County Attorney's Office. Did that for a little bit. And then once the the head of the county attorney's office changed over, I was high enough the totem pole to, to lose my job as a result of that. And so I wound up going down to the city of Nogales, which is my first really local government job. And I did uh, public housing, which was a lot of fun, a lot of work, learned some great Spanish, had some great Mexican food as a result of that. And that opened up the path for me into city management, which I've loved. And so I've done, I was a uh, former town manager of a small mining town about an hour hour and a half to an hour east of the phoenix area in the mountains here in gila county arizona little town called miami or locals pronounce it Miami. and then a little bit uh, about a year ago i transitioned and had an opportunity to come over to the city of maricopa which is the 12th fastest growing city in this country the second fastest in the entire state of arizona and i'm the deputy city manager over all of public safety so one of the things that's really fun too, Joe, is as the you know, as a fast growing city, we are constantly looking at ways to gain efficiencies. We're constantly looking at ways to be more productive in what we're doing and do the right things, right? Not to be productive, but do the right things. And one of our our mantras is that we don't want to benchmark against other cities. We want other cities to benchmark against us. And so in light of that, I started playing with ChatGPT. We can get into that later, kind of how that all came to be. But I started playing around with ChatGPT internally because I wanted to be more efficient and because I wanted to make sure that we were you know, the head of the tip of the spear, as it were, when it comes to how we're delivering services to our, our local government residents and our, our friends and guests of the city of Maricopa.
0: I, I love that. I love the idea of having not benchmarking ourselves against someone else, but setting that example, setting that model for others to benchmark and draw inspiration upon from ourselves. And I, you know, I, I really like what you guys are doing uh, over there in Maricopa. Uh, I, I get a really good vibe, really good sense of um, the leadership team over there um, based off some conversations I've had uh, uh, on LinkedIn with some other individuals. And I'm really Excited to see what you're going to be doing over there in the future. Obviously, with Chat GPT and using that to level up, improve the efficiency and efficacy of the organization. I do have to make a quick aside. So, I grew up in Southern (laughs) California, right? And you said Gila,
1: which I think is spelled G I L A, right? Correct. That is correct. It's G I L A, Gila County, like the Gila monster. (laughs) I've been saying Gila my entire
0: life, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, a funny, funny deal over here in Kansas, our, uh, we have something called the Arkansas River. It's spelled Arkansas, but they don't call it the Arkansas River. they call it the Arkansas nice. <laughs> so, and, uh, nice. you will, you will expose yourself <laughs> as being an out of stater if you say Arkansas River real quick so uh, yeah, that's funny yeah. that's so funny. Gila and Arkansas, so yeah,' loads up something new every day. So, you know, uh, hey, Micah, you know, in the first couple of episodes, I, I kind of laid out a little bit of a mission statement I have for my LinkedIn and this podcast and, and what I'm building and trying to accomplish, you know, and, and I've talked about building community. I think that's very important. There's a lot of loneliness, isolated, uh, and a disconnectedness with us in our profession. And so I want to build a, a stronger community. And also uh, the second thing I've talked about a lot is promoting personal and professional development. And yep. so yep. I think this is a great This is a great interview to start with here because you and I have hit the those two first two components uh, nail on the head. And I I guess I'd start with this, you know, our relationship has been growing and developing over the last several months and what have you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you reached out to me, I don't know, it's it's actually been probably a couple months now, I forget when it was. And you said, Hey, Turner, I'm gonna be heading up to Kansas City for a conference here in the near future. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. And we're like, Hey, let's get together. And and let's see if we can meet up and and what have you. I just, I want to thank you for reaching out because I think city managers need to be more aggressive and proactive in reaching out to our peers when we're going in and, and stopping in and, and just introducing ourselves when we can and just just try to make more connections, more real connections with our peers. And I was wondering if you might want to expand on that a little bit.
1: Absolutely, Joe. I think there's, there's some benefits to things like LinkedIn and the connection we can make there. I also think it's critical to have meaningful relationships and in person relationships as much as possible. And so when I knew I was going to be in your kind of your state there in the state of Arkansas, uh, I, I figured why not, you know, come out and, and say hi. Right. So <laughs> that's
0: right. It's uh, our Kansas now. It's yeah. Kansas. Uh, yeah. It's your uh, Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. And so you I figured,
1: know... I figured I'm going to have to deal with some, some terrible barbecue. So why not, <laughs> why not hang out with Joe Turner for a little bit too, to make it worthwhile. You know, I'm going to have to deal with uh. some really dry, lots of barbecue sauce. But no, Joe, so I, I think those relationships are important. And it's something you touched in the first episode about the need for community, the need, the fact that we're not alone. You know, you think about how many city managers are willing to, at the drop of the hat, to help out, right? And you mentioned never being big time before, you know, asking for help or things like that. And so just to take that a step further and realize that, you know, if we're going to be in the area now... No, you you definitely went above and beyond because you drove about three plus hours to come out to Kansas city and and hang out with me and things like that, which is a lot of fun. and braved your tornado on the way back too. that's, so, that's like,
0: correct. well, you're you're worth it. You're a good guy, and I was excited to meet you. And uh, you know it's funny, as I was driving up, and I, I probably shouldn't admit this, but as I was driving up, I was checking my LinkedIn feed, and I noticed that Joe Fry, a gentleman from Colorado, he yeah. was at the conference and I'd never met him, but he was a connection. And I said, Hey, Joe, I'm heading up to Kansas city to meet with Micah Gaudet. I don't know if you've met him or not. I was like, would you like to, you know, come hang out with us? And he was like, sure. He was excited. And, you know, so we sat down and we, over a couple hours, we had, you know, we had some drinks and we talked and we conversed. We, I, yep. I, I don't know if I want to use the word fellowship, but it was like a fellowship of a uh, professional city managers. We weren't exactly talking shop per se. We were just getting to know each other. Yeah. And during that conversation, we started talking about, I think you talked about chat GPT and how it caught your attention. And I said something to the effect of like, well, hell, I've been seeing chat GPT all over the place. And it's something I'm really excited to learn more about, but I don't even know where to get started. You know, I don't even know where to even, I honestly didn't even know what Mm -hmm. to do. to even. I didn't know nothing, right? And I said, hey, why don't you do something on LinkedIn or put on a seminar or something like that? And and I don't know, I'll let you take it from there.
1: Yeah, Joe, so I was, I was, kind of just a fan of it using it internally very very simply using it right and you challenged me to come out and do this uh like LinkedIn webinar of sorts I don't think you used like we just said hey do something for city managers introducing them how to use chat GPT, right yeah and so with I, at first I kind of like to be honest with you first I first kind of blew you off like eh, I don't know it seems like you know who am I to talk about chat GPT? I really don't understand all the workings of it but then I thought you know what what the heck? Why not go after it? Right. Why not just try, put myself out there, put something together. Maybe we can help one or two people. And most importantly, maybe I can learn a few things from some people that are already adopting it before even I did. And so right. I put that, I put that together and I had over 200 people sign up to be part of the, of that discussion. And since then, you know, the results have been even ongoing, even to this day, like literally today, I got a a message from someone on LinkedIn asking me how to do something in ChatGPT. And so it's been a little surreal to be seen as kind of a go-to person in ChatGPT because like, I'll be honest, I don't know all the inner workings of what a large language model means or vector database solutions or anything like that. I'm just a fan of it. And so I think of myself more as a race car driver than a race car mechanic. I know how to get behind the wheel and I know how to get results done with it and i'm sure there's a lot more than i've i haven't even scratched the surface in terms of of what we've done with it so far it's you know it's that's crazy. interesting
0: it's interesting to say that because i think i talked about imposter syndrome a little bit in episode 1 i literally got an email today about i don't know about an hour ago, before we start taping the show, uh, someone asked me for some questions about contracts and their contracts. You know, I've had individuals ask me to look at their contracts or look at their resume, that kind of stuff. It's, it's a really surreal feeling at first because I'm like, I'm not an expert. Who am I to be giving advice to somebody about exactly. their contract? Yeah, exactly. You know? It's really right. weird. Yeah. 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 But you know what I've, what I've, what I've, I've gotten over that a little bit, it still feels weird. Don't get me wrong, but what I've gotten over it because it's, re- it's been replaced with a sense of fulfillment and gratification mm-hmm. and satisfaction of being able to help, up here, and that's a, that's something I've really enjoyed about LinkedIn, and, and never in a million years thought was going to happen. I never in a million years thought it would lead to me having a friendship with a Micah Gaudet, and and lead to me having these other meaningful friendships that are developing with other individuals, and also learning new stuff and, and having that sense of fulfillment. And it's just been an exciting yeah. journey. I have really liked it. And I gets back to that community and why I want to create more community and get more people conversing with each other. I just think it's it leads to so many different opportunities. And it, in a nutshell, we met on LinkedIn, which mm-hmm. turns into meeting in person. Right, mm-hmm. we had a very organic, just friendly get together. Turns into a conversation about chat GPT and now yep. you are you're running with it, and who knows where this is all going to go? Right, it's just exciting stuff, exciting times. Yeah, it's yeah, just, it's the, uh, and it's
1: the power of community, right? It's the power of community, and I know that no matter what happens, we still have a strong community, right? And that's 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 one of the most important correct. things about our profession.
0: Right. So real quick, before we get into the actual meat of the episode, okay. talk about, so when we both had, we both had interesting journeys home from that conference because the same night that I went up and drove three and a half hours to see you. I had to drive back and I got stuck in a tornado, literally yes. yep. a tornado storm, a tornado, right? I was at a Brahms, which is like a, like a local McDonald's for lack of a better description. So they put us all in the, uh, the cooler, the freezer area no to way. weigh out this, uh, tornado. No way! <laughs> I had literally just ordered and paid. So I was like stuck and pot committed because I didn't want to leave my, did you at least know, get your food back.
1: though? Did you at least get your food before you no. had to enter the,
0: the locker no. No, I was so annoyed because no, <sighs> no, I didn't get the food right, and then I they had my ten dollars, and I'm like, I need to get a refund here or my food. Of course, but they had they had a rule that they couldn't turn the for whatever reason they couldn't turn the grills back on for another fifteen minutes, and I'm like, man, I gotta get home. I'm already gonna get home <laughs> past midnight at this
1: point, <laughs> you know. So, so so then I drove oh, home man. hungry,
0: which I don't know what's worse, being hangry or I don't know. Um, oh man, I, that's
1: that's rough. That's very so, very rough.
0: But I'm not the only one who had an ordeal getting home uh, from the conference. And I was wondering if you could sh- shed a little light on your situation.
1: Yeah. So I got, I was, uh, my flight was canceled. I flew in uh, a layover in Salt Lake City, coming back from Kansas City back to Phoenix. And my flight from Salt Lake City was canceled back to Phoenix. And the next ones were supposed to arrive you know, leave around like 12 o'clock the next day. And, you know, I, I love, I've visited Salt Lake City several times. I like the city, but I wasn't looking to spend a, a whole day there this time around. To be honest with you, Joe, I went on ChatGPT and I, because all the websites were down too. There's so there's also an issue with all the websites being down and stuff like that. Okay. I was trying to look for flights. And so I thought, well, there's this plugin through Expedia. I've heard about this in the news before. Let me try this out. So I went on ChatGPT and said, find me a flight from salt lake city to phoenix and rank it by departure time and it did it found me the southwest flight long story short it was a uh, it was a standby flight but i was able to be i think the the last person on that flight and uh instead of leaving at 12 p.m the next day i arrived in phoenix around 7 a.m the next day so that's, I got that's there awesome. about a couple hours earlier and it was it was it was worth it but chat gpt right. saved saved my flight
0: that's awesome. That's awesome. And yeah. I, I I think I know the story, but wasn't there also a special guest on that flight or am I confusing that flight with a different one?
1: Yes. So that was the flight from Kansas city to salt Lake city. Okay. Uh, Mike Tyson was on that flight. And so I grabbed a quick selfie with him because I thought, well, what am I like? That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's sitting right there in the first row. You first enter the plane. It's like, let me grab the selfie with iron Mike. That's pretty awesome.
0: That yeah. is awesome. That's so, uh, cool. yeah, so that's, and
1: that's the, uh, that's the, that's the, background screen on my phone. Cause I don't know if I can ever top that yet. So That's we'll awesome. See, awesome. We'll see who we come across the tops. Iron Mike Tyson. Who knows? I love it. Mike Tyson and chat GPT on the
0: way from Kansas city to Arizona. Oh yeah. man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. So let's uh, get into a discussion about chat GPT. Now I, I said at the outset, we're going to talk about the nitty gritty, what you can really do with it. Right. Not the theory. Yep. Yep. But before we get into that hardcore What's your take on ChatGPT as far as its impact on the future and the profession and whatnot? Are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? You know, There's a lot of people out there who have different takes and there's some concern or some fears. I just wonder what your thoughts
1: were in general. I am very, very optimistic about the, about the future of it, right? Is it going to disrupt the way things are done? Absolutely. But I'm not convinced that's a bad thing. I look at ChatGPT in the same way I look at Microsoft Word back in the 1980s when it first came out, or the, the word processing kind of softwares. And it's to the point now where if we have any type of office job, no matter how skilled that individual is, no matter how dedicated, no matter whatever skills they have, if they don't know how to use a word processor, we're not going to hire that person. And I think the same thing is going to be said in a few years about ChatGPT and generative AI. I think it's going to become indispensable to the workforce. Now that can be scary to some folks. It excites me because what that does is it really levels up and highlights those who are good at their jobs. And those who are good at their jobs always find new jobs. Might not be the same career field, but they always find something, They're always land in somewhere. And ChatGPT is an equalizer. It makes things, you know, it it takes off that BS layer kind of, you know what I'm saying? It takes that yeah, out. Yeah. And and now we can really see who's who and what's what. And it, it removes all the fluff, removes all the all the the pazazz and whatnot behind it, and we can kind of see what's what. And I think that's awesome for our profession because I think it's yeah. exactly what a profession needs. We need some realism, we need some authenticity, and we need to see people who are willing to, to get things done and actually achieve results in this profession and not just make a paycheck.
0: You know that's an interesting comment, and I want to come back to that uh, last comment you just made. But I will tell you, I do have a little bit of FOMO. I'm not really a guy who gets FOMO, but I am a little bit kind of on edge about this because I, I feel like it's evolving really quickly. And I just feel like everything in this world now is evolving so quickly with such rapidity. But I think elite, talented individuals will always be okay. So it's absolutely. I don't. Think, I don't yeah, I don't think elite, Yeah, I don't think elite. I don't think elite individuals have anything to fear. I think it's those who are mediocre. Uh, or, or sub-mediocre are the ones that should be very concerned and they maybe need to step up their game on this front. But uh, I want to elaborate on a point you just made. It's like, I'm not a traditional entrant into city management, public sector. I have a different sort of background. My belief system is that my job as a city manager or as a public sector executive is to return value to our shareholder taxpayers, right? The people who pay the bills oh, to keep the lights on. And
1: 100% act with you. That's exactly it, right.
0: Yeah, you know, and I I just like, you know, the people did not get around one day and sit around a campfire and say, you know what, we really need to do? We need to create some mechanism to where I need to go to work every day and earn a paycheck so that I can pay somebody to be a public government worker, right? Like, that's not why people created government. Government was created to protect, uh, uh, you know, life, liberty, and property, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And, think we as public sector employees, we are public servants, right? That's the whole nomenclature, exactly. right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we don't. We don't. We don't exist just to exist. We exist to provide value to our taxpayers, the ones who keep the lights on and pay our bills. There's a lot of stuff on LinkedIn about servant leadership and leadership and all this stuff. And 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 there's mm-hmm. a place for it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I'm all for paying employees fair wages. I'm all for good leadership. Right. I'm all for having healthy relationships in the workforce. But sometimes I yep. feel like it gets a little bit too. Focus on, you know, employee satisfaction or leadership and this other stuff. And we lose sight of the fact that, hey, we are in business to solve problems for our residents, for our taxpayers, and to provide them the services that they are demanding. That's where our focus needs to be. You know, I don't really give a damn about being boss of the year or have a going away party thrown for me whenever I leave. That's not mm-hmm. what I am. That is not what I'm. I'm worried about. Uh, I'm worried about providing value to our taxpayers. So sorry for that little rant, that little segue. No, I think Um, you're
1: you're right on, Joe. You're 100% right about the need to keep the community in mind and make sure we're turning value to the community. Absolutely correct.
0: So let's get on the ChatGPT then, right? So the the, yeah. the, the nitty gritty, right? How do how do people who are listening to this podcast right now? We want to get we want to show them how to get on ChatGPT and yep. tell them what they can do so they can provide value and so that they can uh, level up their career. Okay, so I'll let you take over. How does somebody just start with ChatGPT? What's the first step?
1: Okay, so here's here's the long, very complicated steps to ChatGPT, Joe. First off, you're going to go to a site called OpenAI.com. You're going to click. On ChatGPT, going to click sign up, enter your email address and your password. It's going to send you a link, like a confirmation link, click the link in your email, and then you are in ChatGPT. So it's, it's it. as easy as that. It's really simple. If you've signed up for literally anything on the internet before, it's as easy, if not easier than that.
0: All right. So openai.com, provide yep. it with an email address, and then confirm the email address, and that's it.
1: That's it. That's literally okay. It. Yeah, super simple.
0: Okay, so you go into you go in there. You you got it up on your computer. Now what? What's the what's the next step?
1: So the next step is to start kind of playing around with it and start using it. And so here's I, I'll walk through Joe some of the things that I think are are ways that are that your listeners can can start using this right here, right now, really easily. Okay. One of the, my favorite ways to do it is to take emails right And so I, I call it my my be nice mode because sometimes in the heat of a moment email comes through and your emotions run high right So I've literally taken an email and put my unfiltered thoughts in there and said make this sound nicer and ChatGPT filters it all through me and, and makes it sound a lot more professional a lot nicer and I'm able to do it that way instead of you know sending off an email that probably would get me in trouble and would be more damaged than you know the, the 2 seconds of of uh, of dopamine that that was worth but
0: I could I could definitely use that uh that option in my email, yeah it's pretty so that's for sure.
1: <laughs> so another, but another part of it too is you sometimes you get emails come through and it's you know it's all these especially you know the different vendors that you get right it's super annoying all these different vendors and part of you feels like you should respond just to be nice because they have jobs and people too yeah. So what I've done for that is I just put that email to ChatGPT and say politely respond declining to move forward with with this individual and it takes it two seconds, and I save my time, they get a nice response, everybody's happy at the end of the day, and we can go on with our lives. So okay. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff you can do in terms of with email creation and responding to emails. You can also go in the same idea of it too, is you can also use it for document creation, right? So anything you're doing in Microsoft Word, ChatGPT can help you assist you with. So, if you're writing a memo, if you're writing a letter, if you're drafting a job description, I've used it to write job descriptions for new positions or policies. Right now, the typical way of doing things in in local government or government in general is you have a policy you're creating, right? Whether it be, say, a social media policy or a job description for a grant writer. And the typical way of doing it is you you put something out on the listserv or you're going Google and search for that policy. And you try to find about, you know, maybe three to five different city policies that are about that. And you'd kind of create this hodgepodge of different policies together. Yeah. This and Frankenstein
0: you, approach, right? Exactly. This, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. The Frankenstein approach. And that's kind of what you go with. And it's not specific to your community. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I'm not even sure if it really addresses the specific needs of why you creating that policy in the first place, because I I joke that every policy has a sponsor. And so it doesn't really address what this situation is in the first place. It's kind of this hodgepodge thing, and it's more of a CYA thing at the end of the day than it is something of real value and something that's going to help move your organization forward.
0: So true. So true. That CYA part, you know, in the policies, a lot of times it's just, well, you just got to get something done to put it out there, right? It's like, are we really, are we really drafting it for our specific needs and purposes? Are we really spending that much time on it to examine whether or not it's truly going to tackle the issues that we're facing? Or is it just, hey, slap something on there and and call it a day and move on to the next issue that we got to tackle?
1: Exactly. So, for instance, if I'm going to create a social media policy and say my reason for creating this policy is to to maxim- or to or unify the brand name of the city, right? So I have this unified brand name. I want my social media policy to capture that. I can tell ChatGPT, create a social media policy for the city of blah, blah, blah city that captures the brand name. And I can even put in there, say, say we have a tagline, right? So we have a, a city a motto of like, you know, eat well, be happy, blah, blah, you know, one of those kind of things like that. Right. right. I can put that tagline in there and then chat GPT is going to spit out a policy that exactly demonstrate or exactly speaks to the specific needs of, of what I want to do in terms of that brand name, in terms of the social media policy. And I can spit out something that's actually unique and tailored to my community instead of relying on that Frankenstein approach.
0: So, you know, it's interesting you say that because there's a completely different approach, right, to using ChatGPT versus using a traditional Google search, right, where individuals are used to typing out a short phrase or they might even do a sentence, right, if you're looking for something really obscure or whatnot. But generally speaking, Google searches are nothing like a ChatGPT search. Can you expand on that?
1: Yeah, so Google searches you're you're searching for something, one thing, and you're you're hoping that one thing falls within the, the Google triangle, the first couple search results that you see on your on your Google page. ChatGPT, and again, I'm I'm really pushing my boundaries, Joe, in terms of what I'm what I'm probably authorized to speak about, but I'll do my best to explain as much as much as I know how. So, ChatGPT is a large language model, which means it's trained on lots and lots and lots of data across all the internet, across multiple generations. It's training all this data. And so when you ask it a question, like it's called a prompt is what the, the technical term for it is. When you ask it a question or tell it a statement a prompt, it's taking all the information it's learned and coming up with an answer that it thinks best matches the prompt that you gave it. So when I ask about a social media policy, it's gonna take that question and it to take all the information it knows about social media policies, about policies in general, all the stuff like that, all the different languages it knows, and craft a response that tries to best match that question.
0: So, you know, when you think about Google, right, you talk about keyword search, right? There's a lot of stuff like with SEO, search engine optimization, keyword search, right? And it's like a short phrase usually, right? You're talking about this conversation, a prompt more like this conversation. You're talking about literally writing like, you know, a paragraph of detail to give to ChatGPT to provide you with something more substantive, correct? Exactly.
1: So ChatGPT, I think it's about 200, about 200 words is when it starts kind of getting funky. In terms, okay. of if you put a prompt in, about two, which just okay. a lot, right? Think that's about, massive. Oh, that's yeah, massive. that's massive. And yeah. it's, it's it's they're called tokens, Joe, and so it's but it's roughly, I think, from my experience, about 200 words. And someone else could say, no, it's 150 words. I don't know. So, right. but just in my experience, about uh, roughly 200 words. I try to keep it under 200 words when I put prompts in there. So, but it can it can summarize a large swaths of data. It's it's really remarkable, and so the ability able to kind of qu- to quickly summarize this information. Analyze it at really just lightning speed is is incredible. So
0: you got emails, you got letters. It can write memos for you, right? Yep. It can do, uh, do job descriptions. Job descriptions, well, policies, different types of policies. Yep. It can write everything, Absolutely. right? Yeah. What, what else can I do or what else would you expand on? I mean, I, I'll just talk about policies real quick, right? So literally yeah. you're saying that when it comes to a personnel manual, when it comes to a social media policy, when it comes to a utility billing practices, all that kinds of stuff, that that can be done in chat GPT. There's Absolutely. sky's the and, limit.
1: And Joe, right, I'll go right now. Right now yes, you can do it. I will I will go one step further. And I, I post this video on my, on my YouTube channel a couple of days ago where I took a social media policy. And had a plugin called Hey Gen, literally generate a AI video for me that where this AI generated lady was summarizing the policy for a training video and was specific to that policy.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. So
1: it's to me, it's amazing what this can thing can do. So other things you can do, and that's that's the ChatGPT four model. I want to talk more about the three point five model right now, the the regular one that people are using. That way, well, folks what's, can have what's the real... difference. The difference is about twenty dollars. Okay. So that's, that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so, so one's difference. free
0: and one's $20 a
1: month or something or what? Yep. Yep. One's a, uh, <laughs> one's a Brahms sandwich and uh, a little bit more away from, uh, from Jet GPT plus.
0: So. Oh man. Okay. So let's talk about the free model that we all have access to then.
1: Yeah. So uh, and going back to the policies, right? Cause policy creation is, should be a thoughtful process in most cities. It is. And I hope that it's, that's the case in the Woods center cities as well here. And so what I can do with ChatGPT is I can use ChatGPT as kind of a QA, QC, or an editor for, for policies, right? So I have a, a sample policy come in. I had one just past week, actually, where I had a sample policy come through from a team member of mine. And I was able to put to a ChatGPT and have it tell me, okay, what are the second and third order effects of this policy? What are the unintended consequences? What are the positives with it? give me a list of pros and cons that go along with this policy. And so I can get some deep level insights when it comes to document creation, because face it, most of the time when we get, and I've used this also for like, say a business case request or a purchase of a new technology or, you know, but when we're getting these types of requests from our team, it's biased, right? Because otherwise they wouldn't write me to, to buy this new widget, whatever it was. And so I can kind of fil- again filter through the the bias behind it and really get to what are the implications of this of this step. Why
0: do- I, I got to stop you there, Micah. Okay, yeah. So I'm trying to wrap my head around this because you just kind of blew the lid off my brain. You're telling me that you can actually put in a document into ChatGPT and ChatGPT will analyze it because I thought this whole time you put a prompt in the chat GPT and you just simply got information back from the internet is where the chat GPT went and got it. You're telling me you can actually feed it information and it will actually do analysis for you and give you exactly
1: Joe. So if I put in the chat GPT, if I say, give me the pros and cons of this, and then below this, I copy and paste that item or that paragraph, whatever it is into chat GPT and it says, well, based on this analysis of this section, here's the pros and cons and blah, blah, blah. And it goes on and on and on.
0: That's so I that's can crazy. I've, that's remarkable.
1: I've done this for policies. I've done this for, we call them business cases in my city. So requests for like new technology or new items. I used it extensively during the last business, during the last budgeting process. I've also used it for contracts for IGA's where I'm putting it in there and saying, okay, according to this IGA, What are the unattended consequences? It spit out all the things I was missing. I said, okay, now go ahead and update the IGA that allows that mitigates all those risks. And of course, you still send it to the attorney. But normally, when I send it to the attorney, I have a you know it comes if I write it on black and white paper, it comes back red and white because all the edits and all the errors and things like that. And this one had relatively few errors because ChatGPT did a phenomenal job recognizing the liabilities to the city and putting in language that helped protect the city from from, uh, from liability, which is incredible so- still set.
0: So do you even see a use, for example, with like, say, bargaining units uh, doing demand letters or something and sending something to you say, "Hey, we want this in our contract or uh, some say, say you got some sort of social welfare organization or some sort of public policy organization yep. or grassroots organization. They're sending in some sort of demand letter saying, hey, we want you to support this because of this reason. So you can run that through and actually get responses and, and maybe uh, craft some talking points or what have you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you can so you can even say so say if say it you want to say Does it doesn't make sense for your city and you're having a hard time figuring out how to articulate that. You've that in mind but you're not sure how to exactly word that. You can tell ChatGPT and you kind of fumble around fumble around with your words too and you can say, "Well, here's what I'm thinking with this. Make this sound more cohesive. Make this sound better." And it can do that for you. It can respond to that request for for funding or that request for whatever support that is. So you so, it can it's pretty powerful. <laughs>
0: So, if you want to do uh, some sort of counter rejection letter to, uh, say, a bargaining unit's demands or whatever, you can basically get a, some sort of analysis, have a letter drafted, right, and send yeah. that. And then Absolutely. you can do, yeah. in the words of, uh, in the words of Dalton from Roadhouse, right? You can do the "be nice" uh, yes. message, right, for the exactly, for the, yeah. And also,
1: so, and here's the thing too, right? Because be nice. so, in collective bargaining, it's important to to realize that you have to come to a a, a healthy medium of some sorts, right? And right. so instead of just saying, Hey, tell this tell this group no, right? Which I don't think any city manager worth their salt is going to do anyways. Instead it can say, okay, let me explain everything that this collective bargaining agreement does for the members. And like instead of just saying no, let me lay out everything we already do through this collective bargaining agreement. And you can put that in the letter and it, it kind of softens the blow, but it it brings things back to reality instead of allowing emotions and allowing the back and forth between I want this, you said no, and back and forth like that goes kind of ground truth it.
0: That's amazing. So what what else, anything else that I can do that we haven't really talked about that you think is worth mentioning here?
1: So other ones you can do, and I mentioned this too, Joe. With uh, with ChatGPT four is the best way to do this, and and folks can. It's the same process as I said to sign up for it. You're just going to go in and it can you'll sign up for the uh, plus account. But there's there's tool sets in there where you can literally copy and paste a PDF URL, put it into ChatGPT, and have it give you insights. So you can say say a strategic plan document. You can copy paste that into the URL, into the chat GPT prompt box and say, summarize this document. I like using this especially for grants. That's what the thing you can do with chat GPT is you can you can write grants. Because you know think about a, a typical federal grant is, a, is hundreds of pages long and good luck finding everything that the city is responsible for in there. And so I can copy and paste that grant URL to chat GPT, tell chat GPT, I'm the applicant, I'm a city in Arizona, whatever it is, tell give me a list of everything I'm responsible for under this grant. And instead That's... of having to read a 300 page document, it'll spit up the list for me. I can even have it tell me, you know, give me page numbers. And that way I can go back and double check it, verify the information, make sure it's accurate and look at page you know, 215 and realize that yes, I have to keep accurate financial records or something like that. Right.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. super
1: powerful. Speeds up the process, you know. Things that was Joe. Things that are, would typically take us a couple weeks to do now takes us about thirty minutes.
0: That's so hard to believe. It's just amazing. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy.
1: Yeah, it is crazy. Oh.
0: oh, you know. I know you are. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but you are. You are in the public safety field, right? In Maricopa, say yeah. Maricopa, right? Do you see public safety uses for? Uh, ChatGPT, and if so, where and how?
1: We are—I like, would say—we are using it. Like, okay, literally this week, I walked in, and one of my fire captains had ChatGPT up on his computer.
0: And what was he doing with it? He was you creating know?
1: a pre- so he was creating a presentation or trying to create something for we what we call our fire corps. We have a lot of volunteers that support our firefighters okay. and go out and do rehab and things like that. We have, a, we have a very strong volunteer base in our community that's really passionate and supportive of our our men and women in the fire and police service. And so he was creating a presentation for some new members and using ChatGPT to do that. And so like, like we are using it on a day-to-day basis. I know my police chief uses it all the time. My fire chief, we often joke around. He was, you know, he wrote a story about uh, the perspective of, of war from a dog's eyes, Asked chat GPT to write that story. And we about, you know, he about cried doing that. It was pretty funny, but like, like everyone, like, like, in our office, this is a tool set that we are using on a day-to-day basis because we've seen its impact, we've seen what it can do, and it's it's revolutionizing our, our workplace. It's awesome.
0: Uh, do you see it, um, you know, there's a lot of agencies in large cities where, you know, police officers are bouncing around from call to call, right? They're stacked up. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. how busy Maricopa is. I'm sure you guys have some similar issues since you're, you said you're the fastest growing city. In, second, uh, in second er- fastest, sec- yeah. Okay, yeah. second, sorry. Um, so if you're, if you're, do you see an opportunity for police officers to use this for any, like, you know, report writing or anything else to help make them more efficient?
1: Absolutely, and actually, there was a city in uh, Missouri. I think Wentzville, Missouri. I think it was that was doing something similar to it. Now, it depends on how your really uh, depends on how your body camera is set up in terms of whether or not it's automatically transcribing your video. Okay, um, but if it is, you can definitely put that into Chat GPT. I would be a little careful with it just because it's not a secure environment. I'm I'm waiting for the day, Joe, when someone can figure out how to make. Chat GPT or a GPT model within a secured environment. So this way, with so right now when I'm when I'm putting stuff, I'll, I'll let the listeners know too. When I put stuff into chat GPT, I'm very sensitive about putting in, uh, you know, PII information that's specific that's not published on the internet, right? So I'm very cautious of what I put into it because it's it's a it's not a secured environment. I'm careful about that, right? So I think it's important to do that, have data security. Okay. So. And I'm waiting for the day, Joe, and I can't wait for this to happen. I think it's I think it's close by. I just don't know how to how to do it myself because I'm not a I'm not a technical guy. Is for the day where we can build a chat GPT to like model within the walls of our own secured environment, right? And that way we can do those things you're talking about, right? If it's in a criminal justice information system secured environment, we can put our body cameras into there and have it analyze the video and have it give me the transcription of the video. And have it spit out the police report as a result of that. I that's think those amazing. days are fast coming, and and honestly, it might already be here, and I'm just not aware of it because that's how fast things are moving. It, yeah, it, it might already be here.
0: Well, and I, that's a that's a good that's a good segue to talk about the fact that hey. No one right now is behind really, right? I mean, the train's not left the station yet, but I could see a year from now where if you haven't taken the steps to get up to speed on this technology, you could really be pretty far behind. So do you agree with that? People need to get on board now sooner rather than later?
1: So I would say this, Joe, I would say like you're already doing it right now. Whatever you're doing, just use ChatGPT for it, right? And so it's not like this huge learning curve. It's not like you have to learn a whole new system of something, it's just whatever you're doing right now, whatever you're thinking in your head in terms of when you sit down at the computer and write that memo out, just ask ChatGPT to do it for you and see what happens. It's really seamless. And I would say too, like even if, so you can look at it perspective of, well, if I don't do it now, I'm going to be left behind the train's going to leave the station. Right. That's one way to look at it. You can also look at it this way too. Joe, it's free, right? It costs you nothing. It'll save you more time than you even realize. So, why not try? Why not give right. it a shot? If it doesn't work for you, then you move on and you rely on the fact that you're an awesome, talented individual who will still making it in the world despite the, you know, the the ever-changing technology that's out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've talked primarily about how you level up in your career, right? How do you, yeah. how do you use, how do you apply this technology in your day job to, you know, produce results and, you know, get, you know, improve your career right your trajectory yep. and so forth and so on right yep. and and yeah. um, do you see this technology being primarily beneficial to the public sector managers who are higher up in the organization or do you see it more for the middle management type or management analysts and and, and so forth and so on or, or do you think it's just open season and, and fair game for everybody?
1: I think it's open season for everybody and I would say okay. if if literally Joe, if you are using a computer for work in any way shape or form, chat gpt is for you like that's 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 the barrier right that's that's it if right. you open your computer we get to work then chat gpt is for you
0: okay so we've talked about this professional workspace workplace how you can use it to benefit yourself and your in co- your organization right Yes. How do you how do you use this technology to benefit yourself in your personal life? Maybe uh, when it comes to your your job prospects or job yep. searches or whatnot, or maybe even 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 personal chores at home. I don't even I haven't even thought about that in that context. I don't know if you have either. But how wh- wh- else have, can you use this?
1: Yes, I have created a few family budgets using ChatGPT. A few a few shopping lists. There's it has a plugin through Instacart, and so I'm able to use some some things that way too. But typically, when you apply for a job. What you're doing is you want to tailor your resume and your cover letter to match the tone and language and kind of overall style of the of the job description right that way it, it kind of meshes the worlds together it shows that you've done some research on it shows that you understand kind of the vision and some of the keywords, words maybe some of the buzzwords for that organization and so when a job application comes up, say for that, that new city management gig that our, our ambitious department heads wants to go and level up the next career, they can take that job description. Maybe they want to take a, another document, say the strategic plan or something like that, come a, a guiding document that talks about the objectives and the, the mission statement of the city or something like that. They can take those two documents and they can tell ChatGPT, write a cover letter for this position based on the language of the strategic plan and the job description itself, or they can go ahead and upload the resume and say, okay, chat GPT, here's my resume, copy and paste it into there. I want you to update this using keywords found in the job, in the the job description or the job ad.
0: Now, you know, it's man, I, I don't think I'd ever feel, I don't know if I'd ever feel comfortable with me personally. I'm kind of anal about my cover letters and resume. I, I, I'm, and again, it's a learning curve for me. So I got to get maybe more comfortable with the technology, But I really think, what I really see the benefit is from doing the organizational research, which is something where I feel like I really stand out in my recruitments is that, you know, when I go into a recruitment, I can almost guarantee you there's no other candidate who's out-researched the organization and I have a leg up in that. In that area. And this really kind of, this is literally kind of an equalizer because it can really take uh, this technology and allow all the candidates, there's really no, there's really no excuse now to not really research an organization and have some insight into what their issues are and and to be able to put forth um, to really communicate to the, either the hiring committee or the governing body or the recruiters. Like you can show like, Hey, I've done some research on this organization with chat by using chat GPT.
1: Absolutely. And I always trust, but verify, right. Always go back right. and, and double check the work, but you know, I can, what would take you probably maybe half a day to look, you know, maybe a couple hours, I'll give you a couple hours. You're a fast reader. You're, you're a brilliant guy there, Joe. So I think a couple hours to read through five years worth of budgets for a city, right. And to kind of understand what they're coming from, understand the the basics of the budget there, get that, that, that level of insights. I can throw that into chat GPT and do that and probably one to two minutes.
0: That's a crazy, that's amazing, yeah. you know, and um, even
1: have it at the end, spit out a chart that summarizes the whole thing all together. You it's know, just, we're getting, it's, it's crazy.
0: We're getting close to the end of the hour here. So I want to kind of start wrapping up. But I will say this, you know, you mentioned something about, a minute ago about, you know, trust, but verify, you know, there's yeah. been some pretty high profile stories about chat GPT. And there's one, uh, at least one attorney who got in hot water because they didn't <laughs> verify sorry. the information. Right. So Joe, Joe,
1: having worked, <laughs> in in an attorney's uh, in a prosecutor's office i wasn't surprised i gotta be honest with you i was not that shocked and yeah like that's just some people are just bad at their jobs joe that's what that is and that's that's all that was
0: so so long story short on that is use chat gpt but you do gotta you do gotta double check the work right it's not it's of not course, infallible of <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it's, your name's on the at the end of the line cause, because people don't really care how you come up with it, whether or not you're putting it into the Word document yourself or the chat should could respond to your prompts that you put out, your name's on it. And so it's important for the work that we produce, if we're high quality individuals, which I know we hope to be and aim to be, if we're that way, then our work should reflect the same thing too. And we want to make sure it's accurate, actionable, and able to make a difference.
0: Well, you know, uh, Micah, I, I just you know I told you before. I think so much of you. I just think you're a really talented person. I'm really I'm really proud of the progress you're making. You know, this conversation that we had in Kansas City is just bl- blossomed into this whole this whole journey that you're on. Like yeah. we're both we're yeah. both on parallel journeys. You know, uh, we well not do-
1: not parallels. You're you're about thirty light years ahead of me, and so I don't think it's parallel by any stretch of the imagination.
0: Well, Perpendicular, I appreciate that. maybe,
1: but not parallel.
0: <laughs> you're too kind. You're too kind. But I would say this, you know. Um, well, first of all, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, what's your YouTube handle? You've been doing some YouTube videos and how, how people find you on YouTube.
1: So my YouTube handle is Gaudette GPT. And it's so simple as that at Gaudette GPT. You can find me on there. A lot of how to videos. That's what I create most of the time. It's just how to videos with chat GPT tailored to local government. Cause that's what I'm passionate about. So a lot of fun. Ooh, I love
0: me. it. I love it. I want to hit you with something else. Since I hit you with something in KC, I want to hit you with something here now on, our, okay. on this interview, right? Okay. You know, I truly believe that there is a insatiable hunger or demand right now with public sector executives and in middle management, so to speak, and management analysts that yeah. these individuals are, they need to learn it. They want to learn it, but they don't really have the most efficient way or the, the time. They can allocate and dedicate to doing it right, and yep. I really think that if you were to go out and build a course, a comprehensive course um, that would tackle some of these subjects, right? That, that we're talking real-world public sector applicability.
1: Yeah,
0: I think you'd have a, a great demand for that, and I really think that you might want to explore that. I mean, it's something we yep. should talk about uh, offline. And, you know, I, I just think that, I just think that now's the time to strike on this, and people want to learn. I know I want to learn. You know, mm-hmm. Micah. I want to learn more about ChatGPT. Where do I fit it in between my time at work, between the time working on the podcast? I don't have the time to go down all these different rabbit holes to learn something that you've already been going down those rabbit holes and already have some expertise in. And yeah. I was wondering, you know, would you would you give some consideration to maybe um, building out a course that we can? uh, individuals in the public sector can use to advance their career, provide value and level up. Because at the end of the day, this podcast that I, this journey that I'm on is designed to help the ambitious public sector executives level up, you know? And yeah, yeah. I think this is one way to do it, obviously.
1: And and Joe, there's really nothing like it right now in terms of, of something that speaks specifically to local government. That's not theory, but it's actually actionable there's really nothing like that for ChatGPT right now, and I think now is a time to, to kind of put something together and see if we can create some content that's valuable and worthwhile to to our to the ambitious city managers that like to listening to this podcast, like myself.
0: Awesome. You know, my platform is growing. I, I, you've been very kind with your praise and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, as of this recording, I'm in the top 20 in uh, the government category on Apple, uh, on the Apple platform. It's just been an amazing journey, um, to see where this is going. So my platform has been growing dramatically and I, I really would like to, with your blessing, I'd like to maybe put a survey link or something in the show notes and on my platform, on my LinkedIn uh, post when I, when I push this episode out. Yeah. Sounds great. Gauge, sounds great. Gauge, yeah, Yeah. Gauge what kind of interest people might have in a comprehensive course that's aimed at the public sector professional.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. Let's do. Let's do it.
0: Okay. Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Uh, we're wrapping up here. Is there any other final words you might have, Micah, for the for the listeners? Nope. None at all. Okay. Well, hey, I really appreciate you uh, joining me. It's been a delight. I've really appreciated our our friendship and our growing friendship. And I'm looking forward to getting closer, obviously, and uh, getting to know you even better and working with you on projects in the future, because um, I just know you're a really talented individual. And I really thank you for uh, giving me an hour of your time on this podcast.
1: Happy to. My pleasure.
0: All right, so this is uh, Joe Turner. I'm the host of City Manager Unfiltered, a podcast by a city manager for city managers and public sector executives. If you really like what you're hearing on this uh, uh, podcast, I would appreciate you to give me a rate and a review on the platform of your choice. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. And uh, please do spread the word. I, I do get feedback from city managers who say that another city manager told them about it and they're excited. And you know, I've gotten really, really positive feedback on the podcast so far. So I appreciate your time. And until next time, take it easy. Bye-bye.